Hi, it's Mark Evans, and you're listening to Marketing Spark. It's hard, if not impossible, to avoid content, advice, guidance, and recommendations about how and why to build a personal brand. It's seemingly not enough to be a good person or do the right things. We need to establish and nurture a personal brand so it reflects our values, beliefs, ideas, and approaches to the world. So why is a personal brand so important? And how do you do that online? Today, I'm talking with Michelle Griffin, a personal brand strategist and the host of the Business of You podcast. Welcome to Marketing Spark, Michelle. So good to be here. Thank you, Mark. Let's kick things off with a straightforward question, a softball question. Okay. What's your definition of a personal brand? Ooh, great question. Because as you know, it's like asking someone what the definition of a brand brand is. There's so many different answers and everyone has their take, but mine is going to ad lib. It is you dialed in just like a company brand, but it's you. It's a, having a foundational, strategic, intentional way to show up. So you form that brand, that connection, that emotional connection, like a company brand does, right? And I do it the way that it's, it's really tied to an ROI to build your business. It's not fluffy and self-promotional. It's all of being in value and service with a people-first marketing approach. So form, intentionally forming that connection so people you know, know you're the top of mind and know who you are to help them. So that's very ad-libbed, my definition. I actually have a formal definition I'll share if you have show notes. We can put it in there. Sounds good. Sounds good. So elaborate on the people first approach to personal branding, because obviously there's different ways to skin a cat and there's different approaches to personal branding. What's your, what is your approach? What's your philosophy? My philosophy is that you need to be dialed in exactly. Just like you said, you, you nailed it. Like what is your perspective? In today's day and age, we are, um, commodity. You know, there's millions of marketers, millions of branders, but like the only way people are going to resonate in this day and age to break through the noise and the attention economy is to have a point of view, to stand for something and to keep putting that out there in service to others, just being all about other people, but intentionally making that happen. Because that's one thing I see people do. They just get out there thinking that's it. But you, just like a brand marketing, you got to have a strategy. You know that well. That's what you do in marketing. So having a strategy. And I do work with clients. I have a seven-step process that I created to nail all that. That's my biggest take. Have a strategy and be intentional, but be of service to others. So individuals have been focused on personal brands for decades. It's not mm -hmm. a new concept. I think a lot of people have recognized that if you have a high profile, if people perceive you in a certain way, then that's going to help you professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. But I am interested in why there seems to be so much focus or fascination on building a personal brand. You look through your LinkedIn newsfeed and there are lots of people talking about the value of personal branding. I'm just curious about why that is and, and whether it reflects the economy and the volatility of the conditions these days, or there's something else to it. Absolutely. Well, first, I'm going to admit that the, the name gets a bad rap and there's a lot of misconceptions because there's just, it's the Wild West out there, right? No one, everyone knows they just need to stand out and to have visibility. 
but not for the wrong reasons, at least the way I do it. Not to be all about me self-promotional. It's like I, I have something valuable. I have expertise to share, to help people, to solve a problem, right? That's why we're in business. So you need to stand out. I mean, we're more and more crowded in the marketplace, the influx of marketing messages, all the things. There's more people in line now. So how do you get out there, define who you are, differentiate yourself to say, hey, I'm here. I have somebody, I'm someone you should know because I have some with a problem I can help you solve. Um, it's the visibility. It's being known, noticed and known to get the results. So I think influx of last year, where more people online really played a lot into it. I also think there's a big, a lot of misconceptions of what it is. And people, you know, hashtag personal branding on Instagram, call it personal branding. And and I'm out to just kind of disprove all that and, and to really make it clear, you know, a real personal brand, at least the way I do it to build your perception and reputation of your business, it needs to be exactly like a brand strategy for a company, but with a person, with your point of view and perspective expertise dialed in. Okay. In theory, Everyone likes the idea of a personal brand. Everybody wants a higher profile. Everybody wants to be perceived in a certain way so that when you step out into the world, your reputation precedes you. Mm -hmm. So in practice, where do you start with a personal brand? I mean, it's one thing to aspire to build a bigger, better brand, mm -hmm. but how does the journey begin? What are the first steps? You know, just like anything, we're, first we're going to outline the goals. What do I really, who am I? What do I want? What do I want out of this? If it's just want fanfare and stuff, yeah, it's a whole different, you know, path to take. But if you strategically want to keep building it to meet these goals for you and your business, just like a company brand, start with the goals. And we're going to start with, you know, deep diving. The way I do it, I, I have a seven-step process. I'll tell you real quick. So I start with the perspective. Perspective all about you, your personal, your professional, your industry, your ideal client, all the stuff that makes, I, I consider it like taking a thousand-piece puzzle and dumping it on the table. Let's make sense of this. Let's define all the things, just like you would a regular brand or marketing strategy. And, um, you know, getting really clear on that. The next one is people. Now, as a marketer, you know, hey, Michelle, you have one ideal client, right? Ideally. Well, I call people two things. First is your ideal client, persona, avatar, whatever, you know, the lingo we want to call that one person we're here to help. But I also, I wrote a post about this today on LinkedIn, your partners. You will grow your brand and yourself absolutely faster when you have a community partners, like-minded people, you know, sister things to, to help build you up. And I've seen that firsthand with clients and myself this year. You've got to have that, that partnership. And then the third one is the positioning. How are you standing out in the market? That is critical. Mm -hmm. It's probably my favorite thing to do is I'll help you take all the pieces that are you. And I promise you there's a way to differentiate yourself. Just because you're a marketer doesn't mean you're like the hundreds of thousands of marketers, we will help you find a way. And that's a lot based as a personal brand, your perspectives and beliefs and, and the way you see the world and all that. And to have a way to see the world, we pull that out of you. And the next one is packaging. Now, packaging to me is not about self-promotional. It's like packaging your messaging, your client messaging is so important. Your website, all your social handles, your marketing assets, all the things are going to help build that brand. The next one is content, publish, or P is publishing. It's all about the content. Now, the content on social, and I also like to build your own platform. You know, where are you putting stuff out in the world that's your own place? The next one is promotion. Once we get you dialed in, where can we amplify that? Where can we get you like on podcasts, start your own podcast, reading, right? All the things that are going to get you in front of more people to snowball that. And the seventh step is propel, keep checking the analytics of building the trust, building all that to keep growing it. A personal brand is not a one and done. It's like anything. You got to just keep building it, refining it, 
checking the measurements, all the good things. So basically I am like taking what you probably do, Mark, and then just make it about a person. And I work with a lot of expertise-based businesses and help them help them get out there. So does that answer your question, seven steps? I gave a high-level view, but... It's very similar to the way that I work with B2B SaaS companies. I go through the exact same steps. I oh, love wow. the, pu okay. the puzzle analogy is great because you're dealing with all this information and you're trying to yes. put it all together. The one area that I did want to focus on is positioning because I love positioning like you do. I love positioning and messaging and telling a story that's unique and distinct. I am interested in how you do that because, for example, there are lots of people who are digital marketers or salespeople or mm -hmm. focus on social media. How do you find that uniqueness in somebody? What do you do? What do they have to do to identify what makes them different in the marketplace, even in a small way? Because if you can do that, then you can establish a point of view. Then you can, I don't know if it's rise above the crowd, but you can stand apart in even a small yes. way. So what is your what is your process to making that happen? Oh yeah. Well, it it really comes from that hundred thousand piece puzzle puzzle dumping. I work, you know, in my program, I work with my clients. We spend a lot of time together. You know, I have to pull out, they have it inside of them. They just need someone like me to connect the dots like you. So we, I have a lot of questions that I pull out and I just, we talk it through and I'll say, what about this? What about that? But I find a way to blend. Um, every single one of my clients says something in that initial first two calls. And I'm like, there's the clue. I keep digging deeper and finding that golden thread. And, and so I'll push back on them. I'm like, what about this? What about that? But there's a way to combine your perspective, your experience, your skills, your point of view to find that point of view or their beliefs. You know, these days, this day and age, you got to have something to stand for to really, you know, people have, there's a million things to find, billions of things to find on Google, right? Con information is a commodity. We need someone to form that connection with. So I, I really just work hard in finding, you know, that one way to spin that golden thread and make them stand out. And, and really I'm working with a story-based framework as you do. And um, that's how people connect. So it's hard to say because I have to be in the moment. But does that give you any clue of finding that golden thread is what I, I aim for? You did. And it does take a lot of work. And sometimes what I find interesting is what's obvious to you, what makes someone different or special isn't obvious to them. They just think that's the way that they are. That's mm -hmm. their personality or their approach to the world. So I think that is very interesting. The other thing I wanted to ask you about building a personal brand is that on LinkedIn, where you and I spend a lot mm -hmm. of time, probably too much time, I would say, there's a lot of consultants out there, people like you and I that or individual business owners that mm -hmm. have a vested interest in building a personal brand, in establishing a presence that's distinct and that attracts the spotlight. But what about entrepreneurs and business leaders in terms of how and whether they should build a personal brand? Things like they would ask, well, what's in it for them? Some would argue that it takes way too much time and effort to actually do it. Two questions. What's the importance of building a personal brand for an entrepreneur, a startup entrepreneur, or, a, mm -hmm. or an executive, a C-suite executives, and what's the ROI? Like, why should they do it? Uh, that's a great question because you know I get a lot of people say, "Well, I work for a company. Why should I have a personal brand?" Well, everyone should work on their personal brand. Just because you work for a company or have a title, that's that could be temporary or it could, it's not forever. Maybe right? Your personal brand takes you everywhere. It's going to help you stand out in the market if you're in the company setting. You know, employee, you're going to be known for that. So the the um, incentives to get another job, get more promotion, opportunity, start speaking. 
why wouldn't you want to create more opportunity for yourself? No one else is going to give you permission or do it best for you. So, so get out there and there's a ways to do it. I get, I get a lot of DMs from people and companies like, how do I build my brand when I work for a company? And, and I give them clues. And, and, you know, the main thing is some companies are more lenient than others on social media. I mean, I can give you examples, probably not on air, but of people I know who are working for Fortune 10 companies that are building their personal brand. And, and it's just the way to make sure that you have that, pers- that professional security, right? For a founder, what other way to build that qu- quick connection when you're harsh, um, you don't have a lot of money to start up? Getting out there, being the face of your business is going to instantly attract more people to you. You know, you're going to stand out. There's too many people hiding behind their businesses. You know, come on out. We want to know you in this day and age. We want to know who's behind the brand, right? So getting out there and forming that human connection, that's what it's all about. That's what people are begging for and wanting and resonating with these days. What I find interesting is that there are so few CEOs who build a personal brand. And this is, I'm not talking about corporate PR to put somebody on the cover of magazines. I'm talking about CEOs having a a very obvious presence, a very engaged presence on a social media platform like Din. And somebody like Casey Graham, for example, from Mm -hmm. Gravy, who has established a huge following and a big personal brand. And he's done a lot of work, invested a lot of time to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Why are there not more CEOs with a really active social presence as a way to build their own personal brands and in turn build the awareness of the companies that they work for? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I don't know if they just don't realize the importance of it. That's one of the one things to dispel. They think it takes too much time. They think someone else should do it. You can't form out your personal brand to someone else. You really can't. I mean, I know there are CEOs who are having people do content and stuff, and and I guess I can work. But to really nail it like Casey does... Oh my goodness. And he'll tell you the story. If you dig back, I've been on webinars. He just started doing this two years ago, like in 2019 or something. I mean, he is phenomenally grown. It's just being relatable and human. And that's what the world needs. That's why I do personal branding. You know, I've always been a people first marketer about human to human connection and and loving love working with personal brands because you can bring that out. It will, I mean, let's talk about some of the bad PR we've seen in the last week. I'm not going to mention some of the things about CEOs, right? So just, you know, being human is what people helps. And you can't and you can do it not every day. There's not you don't have to spend all the time like some of the consultants do, but just have a presence. You'd be surprised if you look at some of these company CEO things, their presence is just like a picture on the wall. That's it. There's no human personalized connection. So that's that's a huge thing, realizing you need it. And I don't know if people realize there's opportunity to be had. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how to build a personal brand on LinkedIn. Because I know that you spend a lot of time advising people on how to do that and your content reflects that on LinkedIn. So what are the first steps to take if you're looking to leverage LinkedIn to build a personal brand? Okay, great question, because you really shouldn't just hop on just to hop on. You need a strategy in place. Uh, Obviously, find out why, I mean, figure out why are you on LinkedIn? Are you just trying to, you know, have fun, make content, or is it tied to a strategic business, you know, endeavor? Figure out, you know, how am I going to show up? What are my goals? And then get your profile in check. Mm -hmm. Sadly, that is such a missed opportunity. First impressions sometimes are last impressions. I see way too many people with incomplete profiles, missing banners, headlines that just say they're, you know, VP at XYZ company. That's not telling me anything. People's attention spans are short these days. So get in a really good headline that your headline is probably the most important. It, it follows you everywhere, as you know. So get that really clear. 
Um, when I work in Clubhouse uh, every Thursday on LinkedIn Mastery, we've been doing LinkedIn profiles all this month because it is such a huge need and people struggle with it, you know, and I get it. I always say it's hard to see the picture of the frame you're in, right? It's so hard to write about yourself and communicate your value. So having a really good profile and then making sure your about summary, that's the next thing. Making your profile like a mini landing page is probably the best way to, I'd say, to, to angle it. What are the biggest mistakes that people make when they're trying to build a personal brand on LinkedIn? Okay. Well, first of all, they're not clearly defined. And I'm talking about, let me come from the context of, you know, building it for professional or, uh, you know, business opportunities, not just to look at me. I'm a million followers and, you know, that's it. it. It's tied to knowing who you are, just like who I am, how I'm, how I'm going to stand out in one lane. I see too many people having these headlines that have all these keyword stuff and I have no idea what they do. Come out in one lane for one person with one problem you solve for the most part so people can get that repetition. Oh, here's who this is. Here's who this is. Probably one of the first things. And then people, you know, don't just communicate. Give. It's a giving platform. You know, if you're going to come out, you can't just post and ghost as they say, Start. I have a my um, post today is all about building your community, build your brand again. Get that community in place to help you. Um, I probably think you know they just don't give it enough time. It's a long game. It really is. I mean, when I don't say long, I don't mean it's going to take years. Um, I started getting out on LinkedIn all this year consistently every single day. You probably see me write about it because I was struggling. I was being inconsistent, and. I gave myself a big, bold goal of posting every single day. And probably within 30 days, I saw results. Like, you know, I was asked to be on a podcast, to speak on a live summit. You know, just it just started happening fast. Because when you show up and be consistent in value, people are going to know you're there to help them. And, and that goes huge on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not the place it was when it first started, for sure. For sure. I, I, I've been active on LinkedIn probably for two years and I have noticed mm -hmm. it. One of the things that I do struggle with when it comes to LinkedIn is, is the algorithm because I don't understand it. One day I'm bell the ball and the next day no one wants to ask me to dance <laughs> and there's no <laughs> engagement, no comments. You know, when you're trying to build a personal brand, when you post content, when you you make comments, there's a lot of validation that comes from, oh, look how many views my post got. Look how yeah. many uh, video views I got. But what do you advise people when there is little or no engagement and they feel discouraged and their attempts to build a personal brand seemingly aren't paying off or they're not attracting the spotlight? What's your advice to them when that happens? Oh, I get it. It's I think it affects everyone, it's, unless you're some of the unicorns on LinkedIn. But um, the, the algorithm is going through some major changes. My LinkedIn content manager you know, was telling me that like last month. I would say you cannot, you know, like anything, you can't just t put your toe in the water and then, you know, it's too cold. I'm walking away. Stay in the long game. Um, as you know, there's 800 million people on LinkedIn, 97%, they say, probably, I bet it's 95% now post. So, you know, you're still in good numbers and people are seeing you. A lot of people are scared to react. A lot of people are scared to take that first step. So people are still seeing you. I cannot tell you how many times I've been DM'd with people who wanted to, you know, get a discovery call or whatever, book a call. And they're like, I follow your content. I really like it. And I, I never knew that. They never engaged. I never knew it. So my thing is people are seeing. And then the thing is, when I was in kindergarten, I remember when I first started kindergarten, my mom, I came home upset because I felt, I told my mom I didn't have any friends or something. And she said, Michelle, to be a friend, 
to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Okay. And I never forgot that. So it's like on LinkedIn, if you want to get out there, start giving, giving, giving the law of reciprocity is so per- powerful here. You know, just start reaching out to more people, give more than you can expect to get. It will come back. I promise you. When I got back on LinkedIn this year, consistently, I, I switched industries. You know, I left my job in the insurance and legal industry, professional services to come and, you know, start fresh. And, and I started fresh almost, started over. And it's been phenomenal just reaching out and being a, a person. Now, I know that sounds easier said than done, but just take 10 steps and a few baby steps. Reach out to 10 people a day and just comment, you know, take the baby steps and it, it'll just build in time like compound interest. I wrote a uh, post this morning a title, uh, content as an obligation. It's sort of an, an acronym, sort of the, the play on, on SaaS and PaaS and all those things that we talk about in the B2B SaaS world. And it's the idea that a lot of people feel like it's a chore or a duty to post content. And it's not. I mean, it should be Mm-mm. a joy. It should give you mm-hmm. satisfaction. And I'm wondering from your perspective, what are the questions that someone should ask or what are the things they should think about before posting content on LinkedIn? Well, first of all, um, I you should not, if it's a chore for you, then we have to reassess because if it's like, you know, pulling teeth, we don't want that. You know, I love being on LinkedIn every day because I built a community of people, of clients, collaborators. I just love waking up and opening up and seeing it. So are you posting about something that people really resonate with? Are you posting about something that's more about you and not about others? If you're just getting on LinkedIn, give a lot of value and tips and help people. Sprinkle in your story too. I mean, without a doubt, they need to get to know you. But um, lead with others first. You know, give a reason to read your stuff. Um, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. Or it starts small. Make your content digestible nuggets. I know some people feel compelled that they have to write a book. No, we're busy. <laughs> Take the friction out of it. Make it super easy. So just be sure, are you standing out and doing consistently the same thing? It'll get traction, you know, the same topic to help the people who have that problem you're trying to solve. So I, I think that should be. And then if it's not a chore, reassess. Now, content every day, do I recommend that? No, that's an obligation I put on me. But when it comes to next year, three maybe three days, five days, how many days a week do you post, Mark? Four to five days a week. Okay. I, I would add as a caveat that I was a reporter for 15 years. I'm a professional writer by training. So writing okay. to me comes easy. And I say that in quotation marks because writing is not easy. I flex my muscle and I've trained this muscle for a long time. But for mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's not natural. Writing content is not yeah. a natural thing. It's hard. And it's true. And uh, can I give you the story? Because so last year when I was, you know, left my job in January 31st, 2020, I remember that date well. So I'm like, I know I need to go on LinkedIn. And I was doing all the things, commenting, connecting, you know, I had very active there, but I knew I wasn't consistent. And it bugged me like, how in the world are these people finding stuff to post every day? Like it was the world's biggest question I couldn't answer. Like what the heck? It was just unbeknownst to me. So here's the thing. The, the gift of getting out there and putting yourself out there and starting to post regularly, the ideas start flowing. It's the weirdest thing. And it wasn't just for me. I talked to many people. They said, you know, getting out there, you start getting ideas. You'll have conversations. You'll think, oh, that could be a post, right? You just start getting the lay of the land, so to speak. Was that like how it was for you? Maybe you're not a good person to ask because as you said, you're used to writing content quickly. No, it's one of the questions I did want to ask you in terms of how do you generate ideas? And I will tell you that one of the best ways is to read other people's content Mm -hmm. and react to their point of view or 
sometimes you an idea sparks. And here's the thing. This is a trick that I do or, or a hack of sorts. I'll be writing a, a comment. It's a post that resonated for whatever reason. I'm writing a comment. And then I say to myself, this is a great post. So I'll I'll leave the comment. I'll cut and paste, put it into another document. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a nugget of an idea for, for my own post on the same topic. I'm not I'm not going to copy their content, but yeah. that's one of the ways to do it. And and the other thing I would suggest, and you probably do the same thing, is, is when you come across content ideas, you got to capture them. You got to write them down. Absolutely. You got to go onto your, your iPhone or a piece of paper, whatever it takes. Don't let them evaporate because once they're gone, they're usually gone. Oh, in the split second. Yeah. My iPhone notes uh, page content ideas is huge. One of the other things too, um, like I'm at the end of my, you know, 365 and it's, it's a lot. And, um, so what I've done every year, it's no, there's no harm, no shame in repurposing. Now I don't say recycle, repurposing your content. So every, every post I make is that I, t- I take it by the date and I cop- copy it into a Google docs and date it by day and very simple. And then by month, I mean, I know some people put it in, you know, notion and all the other complicated things. Mine's pretty easy, but, um, I'll go, there's days I'll go back and I use shield app too. And just say, what are the, where's something that really resonates? I'm stuck today. In addition to your content idea, cause I do that too. And I'll just take a really good post or maybe a nugget from a post. Cause here's the thing I was posting way too long earlier in the year and then just pull out a nugget, rewrite it in a different way. And that just goes, it just helps. I mean, I've had some stuff take off even more that way or some stuff that was maybe even lukewarm at the beginning because, you know, the algorithm isn't our friend every day and then it takes off. So no harm in taking your stuff several months out, you know, only a few percentage of people see our stuff. And even that, do you even remember what you posted two days ago? Hardly. I mean, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) So anyway, that's another tip to, to use when you're stuck. One final question and picking up on something you said earlier, and that is about Clubhouse, the social media platform that was all the rage and then disappeared. And I'm curious about your thoughts on Clubhouse as a platform for businesses looking to connect with their audiences. Is there any value there? And do you think that many people and companies have prematurely abandoned Clubhouse? Yeah. Okay. So Clubhouse was great. You know, the fear of FOMO got it out. You know, it was the shiny object du jour. Um, I think I got in December of last year, January, I started a, a weekly show on personal branding mastery, and now I've flipped it into just modding. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Here's the thing. Everyone left it. Everyone came to it, then seemed to have left it, but there's millions of people still there. I show up every week just in that, um, that room. But every single time I mod that room, I meet people from all over the world and I bring them to LinkedIn, which I did all along. And I form connections. Now, some just become amazing connections. Some have become clients, collaborators. That social audio is a perfect way to build connection. You know, a lot of us are scared of video. A lot of us are apprehensive about getting video. Well, what's the next best way between written and video is social audio. You know, we're not I think the fear is the the visual. So getting on audio, and I know there's some people still introverted on audio, but it's a it's a great way to connection is everything. And so I would try it. Okay, so do you have to host your room? No, go find targeted niche rooms where you try it out, where your ideal audience is, and just you know be a participant. Now, don't just listen. Raise your hand and go put an insight in. Ask a question. They're very helpful and nice on uh, Clubhouse for the most part, like they are on LinkedIn. So I still use it, not as much, but it's definitely a targeted way to, to build relationships. Thanks for all the great insight, Michelle. Where can people learn more about you, your services, and your podcast? 
Well, thank you so much for asking. It was a pleasure to be here. Um, so yeah, so of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm at Michelle B as in brand Griffin, Michelle B Griffin. Of course, I'd love to meet you. You can check out my website, which is Michelle B Griffin as in brand.com. And you can um, I also have a lot of LinkedIn goodies on my uh, profile where you can get like some Canva templates and things like that. Um, and also my podcast is The Business of You. Fun fact, it started as my LinkedIn live show and it's now a podcast, another way to content uh, create and repurpose. But that's on all the major platforms now. So it's all about helping expert entrepreneurs, expertise uh, service produ- providers build their personal brand to grow their business. So I appreciate it, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a review and subscribe by iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to learn more about how I help B2B SaaS companies as a fractional CMO, consultant, and advisor, send an email to mark at marketingspark.co or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you next time.